Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And right now, there is a show right here on ABC called The Good Doctor, which has been more successful than I think any show in over a decade on this network. Well, it stars my guest, Freddie Heimler. Oh, so Freddie, welcome, welcome. So, thank you for the lovely introduction about the show. I didn't even know that it was that, that figure that you quoted, so. Yes, well, not that I, that just comes to me, <laughs> but somebody handed me that information. Just but, off the top of your head. Well, yeah. Don't people treat you better now? You know, once they know that your show is like a gigantic mm. ratings getter, don't they say Mr. Highmore? Is there anything we could get you? I, not really. I, <laughs> I, I think, thankfully, things seem to be pretty much the same as they were before in terms of life. And so you're things abused, I, you know? Yes, no, I'm still, like, eyeing up the popcorn, <laughs> hoping that it's real popcorn. It and is real. I haven't changed. And I can eat it with you, but it, can, it makes me choke a little. Okay, so well, I'll give it I a can't have that, so you could do it. And I just always watch this and think, I wonder if it's real or not. Being a, a physician mm-hmm. <laughs> or playing one on TV gives you authority, doesn't it? You must know something by now. No, I think it actually is probably worse to, you know, if you're on a plane and someone says, oh, we need a doctor, and I were to raise my hand thinking that I'd learned something from the surgeries and, you know, various diagnoses that we've given over the years, it would be more dangerous than someone who knew nothing. Simply because we take all these shortcuts. It's like an eight-hour operation has to go in 15 minutes. And so I think... I think I knew what I was doing, but I'd have absolutely no idea. Oh, yeah, you just cut here. It's a little simple procedure. All you sure. have to do is, like, get the knife in the wherever and wiggle it yeah, around. Yeah, just and jam it in and, there we do, go. and yeah. do this. Take well, up to take, and it looks I mean, wonderful. not only that, though, but, you know, Dr. Sean Murphy, who play, is, is autistic. Mm-hmm. So he has this other thing going for him. And does with that whole idea that you're playing somebody with autism bring this note of responsibility to what mm-hmm. you're doing much more than if you were back on Bates Motel playing Norman Bates, you know, a fictional character. That yeah. This is also a fictional character, but again, there's this autism that's in there. What do you do when you take on a part like that? What was your research for it? I mean, David Shaw and I, our wonderful main mm-hmm. writer and showrunner, um, sat down before the pilot and also in between the pilot and making the show with the consultant that we still have on board um, and also just traded back and forth books and pieces of literature and documentaries that we thought were useful or gave us some sort of insight into building this one very particular character. It's wonderful to see somebody who suffers from this, who mm-hmm. can emotionally relate, mm-hmm. but who cannot tell a lie. Yes. That's what's wonderful about mm-hmm. it. You, you get in so much trouble <laughs> for just not telling a lie to somebody. And I, and I also love how, the, how Sean is changing over time too. And that's something that David and I spoke about from the very beginning as being essential with this character. That in the pilot, it feels like way back when, it was probably only just under two years ago yeah, two or something years but ago. it feels like Way a decade back, back yeah <laughs> back when I was young yeah. um there was a naivety to him and he was in this big city environment having moved from the countryside for the very first time and adjusting to this whole new world and obviously that innocence that he had then of his situation changes over time um and just because Sean it's stating the obvious but just because he has autism that doesn't mean he's not going to grow and change as a person uh, and so I guess one of the things I'm most proud of of the first couple of seasons is that we've managed to show how he is progressing and learning and 
we get a little bit more, which you kind of hinted at, like a bit more of the fun and his sense of humor uh, coming out over well, time. Well, the episode he where... He bonds with people and yeah, where he and Dr. Glassman that Richard Schiff plays mm-hmm. so brilliantly uh, when you both get high. Yes. <laughs> because you're taking his weed pills, yes. you know, that he's taking for <laughs> nausea and pain. Mm-hmm. And it, there's just something terrific about watching that. And you could play with that mm-hmm. and play with the characters to do it. I also love how the show will stop when... Dr. Sean Murphy has this idea and we see these visuals that are just what's going through his head. But this particular episode Mm -hmm. is directed by you. Yes. I know, I'm watching it thinking, oh, we could have, I think as a director you can like tweak forever more. Um, Even in editing, you're like, oh, there's a couple of frames here and there. And you get four days on a TV show to kind of handle it. Sure, it all has to be done, you know, but I don't know what directing does to people because every director I've ever interviewed or watched on a set Mm -hmm. does it differently, you know. But these are actors that you've been working with for two seasons and you've written the first episode of season two as well. But now you're pushing them around. What are you? Are you a dictator? <laughs> what goes on? If we got them in here, what would they be saying? This is probably, yeah, it's like my sneaky plan. Yeah. No, I, I genuinely just love, uh, and I got to do both those things on Bates Motel as well, and just contributing to the show in that, in that wider way um, makes it even more fulfilling, I guess. But, uh, but the directing was, was good fun. Apparently I direct in my British accent. That's when it sneaks out. Because I try and stay in the American as much as possible on set. Oh, I thought so you maybe were just faking seemed... this Brit thing you were doing that, that you were in <laughs> preparation is... <laughs> for your next role. No. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, yeah, this is, uh, it's purely the director me now speech and it speaks in a British That way. must be, I mean, you have to be teased about it on set when you go, when you're doing an accent and you go back to your regular one. I think it was bemusing. Hopefully it was, it was vaguely endearing instead of adding to the dictator-like quality that you're suggesting that I have. Sometimes you can get people on a set, even when you're enjoying the show, mm-hmm. who just aren't going with the flow yes. of that. Yeah. And then you have to deal with that just as much as you have to deal with everybody getting along and, mm-hmm. and doing something like this. But there is, and I can say this, because it's happened from the beginning of season two yeah. on, where he is told by a lot of these new administrators, and Danny Day Kim is playing the new chief of surgery, that Dr. Sean Murphy can't communicate mm-hmm. with his autism. He can't. They want him to be in some other aspect of something. And he says, I'm a surgical resident. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. It's what my identity is. That's a very strong theme of the show, that he wants to be this. Yes, yeah, and that's what he set his life uh up in order to in order to do it's been his goal since you know for many years potentially since when his brother died I guess was that was that inspirational moment mm-hmm. for him where he thought this is what I want to do I want to I want to help people I want to save people and you have to feel it you have mm-hmm. to feel that emotion and yet you're playing somebody who can't express <clears throat> that emotion I think yeah I mean that's that's obviously one of the I guess a uh, not that, not that you are in any way suggesting this, but I think one of the misconceptions sometimes about people who have autism mm-hmm. is that they're somehow devoid of emotion or emotionless or that mm-hmm. because they can't always express their emotions that there's nothing going on inside. And of course that's not true. And so what's wonderful about, I guess, being able to tell the story on television with a camera that can see everything that's going <laughs> on inside um, is that 
as long as you're playing it truthfully and you know that what is uh, what feels genuine and right, um, there's not a necessity to be big and to be, um, you know, make it make it obvious and overt. I heard somewhere you went from Bates Motel to this in what half an hour? <laughs> what it was like? something. <laughs> it was three. It was three days between, and and it was a very odd three days. <laughs> Just because I never, you're like coming to the end of five seasons on something and something that had been such an amazing, fulfilling experience and the first time I'd done a television show and it ended up being everything I would or could have hoped it would be and more in terms of collaborators and actors and the material and the character. Um, And so I guess having had that experience, first of all, it wasn't, that within three days I was looking to have that all over again, nor did I think it would have been possible to have no, come along No, usually people soon. go into sensory <laughs> deprivation tanks. Yes. <laughs> right. And like, I'm done, I'm finished with. These shows that you're doing aren't basically four episodes and, you know, no. a, a little mini, mini thing, you know. They're and, that, and that's also it. You realize the commitment behind taking on something of that magnitude. And, of course, you're only doing a pilot, and so the realistic chances are it won't get made and it won't happen. But when committing to it, you have to imagine that we may be here two years later. Still well, yeah, well some, they didn't want it the first time, right? It was another network. That That's was right. I think before what? David Shaw came on board. Yeah, yeah. we don't want this. What? It yeah, comes what are you from thinking? Where? Right. Yeah. You know, I love to be in the executive boardroom after a show becomes a monster <laughs> hit like this one does. And, who so decided? Who was the one who said <laughs> yeah. no to Daniel the first time? Yeah. Let's bring that person in and yeah. do this. But the change, I mean, it's part of your acting toolkit that you can go from playing one kind of part to another mm-hmm. one that is completely different. But w- there had to be some level of intimidation in taking on Norman Bates, taking on this Hitchcock classic uh-huh. that Anthony Perkins had created. Did you have that? Or did you just say, I don't care, I'm Freddie Imore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever said those <laughs> words in quite that fashion. Uh, the I don't know. It's I guess I was of course aware that that people were gonna compare what we were doing to the brilliant original that had come before and especially you know, my portrayal of Norman Bates with Anthony Perkins's brilliant version that kicked things off. But I think because, partly because it was a it was contemporary and partly just because of the way it was structured as this prequel and acting opposite. Like, the actors were all amazing. The writing was brilliant. You just kind of felt that it was its own separate thing from the very start. And well, that, we have to talk about how great Vera Farmiga is. She is just yeah. amazing. That yeah. is one of the uh, greatest, mm. most perverse mother-son relationships <laughs> I've ever witnessed. I was going to say she's one of my best friends. Well, right of course after, she would. Right <laughs> after the perverse mother-son <laughs> relationship. Yes. But she's she, one of my best and She's so like and closest, Norma. Yes. Right. Right. Um, That's who she is. No, she she's just she's just fantastic, and uh, and I learned so much learned so much from working with her. Um, the ability that she has to kind of to be, I guess it's like a it's a boldness, it's a confidence to do things that other people might feel or couldn't possibly attempt or risk because it would feel too big or over the top or but she manages to ground this character of Norma who is so vibrant and full of energy and crazy and kooky in her own way but grounds her with this 
it's it's a, it was a marvelous performance. I feel like I'm well, using is. incredibly British adjectives, marvelous and fantastic. It's marvelous. And, <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's all great. of those British adjectives and brilliant. Yeah. Did you like uh, bringing out the psycho in yourself? I've I've uh, I would always say it was cathartic. So yes, I do. I mean, I guess with a bit of hindsight, it might not have been the healthiest thing to like continually. <laughs> Pull one's heart out. With, Did your friend with say, Darren have screaming matches? That's our matches? Freddy. <laughs> this is. Do they no, ever come like, up? No, I'd let it all out. Okay. Like any sort of. Um, but then I realized. I guess looking back, like acting shouldn't necessarily be used as a form of therapy. I think if you, not that I had these issues, but. Well, maybe I did, and maybe Norma well, just allowed you, me to vent them out there. Yourself, and I, I had a desire to kill loads of people, people you did. and I just got to do it during the show. So. And now you're a doctor, and you're really <laughs> kind to people, people and, and doing yeah. it. So it's a great thing. I don't know what you're going to do next, <laughs> no. but you don't either then. No, and how long? We're lucky to get a This has just got a, a third first, year. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what's going to happen. And so that was, I mean, that was very nice to get an early pickup and to know not just the actors, but the whole crew and keep that group in Vancouver. So I've been in Vancouver now for seven oh, years. Oh, and we've got a few people who have sort of segued over from one to the other. So that, that family. Bates Motel's still alive on the set of The Good Doctor in some fashion. Yeah. But you chose this profession. You, as a child, a mere child, said, I want to do this. I want to be an actor. What happened? What was that moment that... Where did it all go wrong? Um, well, I know you come from a family. Yeah. Your dad's an actor, S- sort right? Sort of. I mean, I guess the facts probably agree with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've never felt like I came from a an acting family at all. Like, my dad hasn't acted since I've been born and born. 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 The, the American accent <laughs> still <laughs> comes in now and then. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it didn't... It didn't feel in any way that there was, it was this predestined thing that I was going to become an actor. And if anything, I think... Leaving, leaving it behind and taking some kind of time off to go to university and then be able to make an active decision to do it as an adult was, was kind of key because I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do as an adult, even though I was obviously enjoying and feeling fulfilled by what I was doing as a kid. There, there just seemed to be other opportunities out there too to explore. I just can't figure out what it does to you as a kid to do something like uh, Finding Neverland, mm-hmm. which you're brilliant in. But how Thank old you. were you? I was like nine or nine. ten. Nine? How do you yeah. know what, e- what you're doing is even good? I don't know. No, you don't. I'm certainly probably sort of appreciative of the opportunity, but not quite aware of the wider fortune that you're having to work with such talented people and then you do with tim burton and johnny depp yes yeah, charlie and the chocolate mm-hmm. factory so what was the johnny depp experience like he was uh he was absolutely wonderful mm-hmm. to to work with and i haven't seen him in a few years but um but incredibly talented and was always very kind to me and took me under his his wing uh, on both oh, it's of good. I'm films. glad he didn't yeah. turn to you and say, kid, you have no future in show business. <laughs> <laughs> like, quit now. You know, quit while yeah, you're ahead. It's yeah. all over doing that. <laughs> you know? Well, I know, I heard this, that you don't do social media at all. No. I definitely brought that up because we always have a couple of questions at the end from people I see. on social media. Because otherwise they can't ask me them because I'm never on there. And they're not. So yeah. this is their only opportunity in life, you know. So can we see some of those questions? Look at this. Do I have a pet? Do you have I a just, pet? Just the little bird, and it's also not. It's also, it's Twitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a pet. I used to have 
some fish when I was when I was younger, but um, this is just the sad splish story. and splosh. Uh, you know, even, was, even, yeah. even Norman Bates. <laughs> No taxidermy <laughs> either. Yeah. I didn't pick that up from Norman. Yeah. No, there was none of that. Um, okay, sorry for that day. disappointment. Okay, for the record, I really loved your brilliant performance in The Good Doctor, but what would you most likely be doing if you weren't acting? I did my year abroad. You had to spend uh, a year away in a Spanish-speaking country, so I was in Madrid uh, in Spain and worked in a law firm for nine months. So, so that, that. that could have been the alternative future, yeah. Wow. Maybe have I'll you, go have back. You, you haven't played a lawyer yet, have you? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I haven't used the, uh, any of that. All right. Well, you, this is the first time you've been on the show. So you yeah. do not know that we end in song. End in song? Yeah. No, There's just I, a little okay. bit of song from oh my you. Gosh. Well, you were August Rush, for God's sake. <laughs> and, you know, I re- you did with Vera. I did do that incredible, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of her last scene alive. (laughs) Is this the Hawaii? (laughs) Yes. You referenced this earlier. I referenced it. It's pearly shells. Pearly shells. How about just pearly pearly shells? I forgot from from the the ocean, rising in the sun. No. Yes. When I see them. My heart, I think I went into mm. the wrong key. No, it's good. My heart tells me that I do do on the, oh. the little pearly oh, shells. Brilliant. <laughs> I feel like I've been sung to by Norman Bates, yes. which is my dream. It's like Norman's it register is. just it's kicks so, in immediately. It's great. Softly singing. Thank you, Freddie. Yeah, this was so much, much fun. It was great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah.